We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Reynolds. Comes the blitz. Down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 288 on the Blue Wire Network. I am Hero Tyler, joined by my two guys as always, Mr. Milk Mart. Here, boys, got the sirens going off right now. We got an emergency pod. Jeff Akuda has been traded to the Atlanta Falcons for a 2023 fifth round pick. Boys, how we feeling? I'm feeling okay, I guess. Um, as all you guys know, Tyler and Malcolm, the listeners, have they been listening to us? Jeff was my guy in the draft. And I think it's fair to say that we were wrong on him, right? I mean, it just didn't work out here, right? But I think a fresh start could help him. I, I still think he could be a good player in this league. And he was he could have got released for nothing, so they got something out of it, a fifth-round pick, you know? And it's and Brett, Brett Cooks in day three. You know, Amon Ra was a fourth round pick. Uh, Rodrigo was a sixth round pick. James Houston was a sixth round pick. Brett Cooks with those picks. You never know. We could turn into that pick, or maybe he could trade up or something with that pick. I don't know. But yeah, Brett Cooks on day three, and that's that's where the you find the good GMs. It's like day one and day two are easy to find guys. Day three is where you find your really good GMs. Those are like that's hard to hit on. And Brett Cooks, so. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like bittersweet for me because I like the guy, but I also want him to see him succeed. So I'm going to be rooting for him in Atlanta just to not work out here. And you look at the log jam in the room, they're probably going to draft a guy as well, whether it's six or 18 or second round pick because Cam signs a three-year deal. After that, Mosley's a one-year deal. Gardner Johnson, one-year deal. Uh, Jerry Jacobs, restricted free agent. And then you have Chase Lucas. That's it. So basically next year, corners are Sutton, like the following year, Sutton, Jacobs, and um, Chase Lucas. So they're going to draft a guy. You know, Will Harris is here also. I think it was a log jam in the room. And it is what it is. It happened. Woo! 
What is going on, man? Yes, Malcolm is on the pod. I'm here. I'm here. Man, uh, Pierre, we wasn't expecting all that. God, <laughs> you unloaded. You, you, you pretty much took out the the the, the, the gun and just just went off. Just unloaded all the ammo just now. Woo, man! I thought we, I thought we were gonna get a one up. My day's been great, and then I, said, I thought I was gonna milk a move. The weather. <laughs> wow. Man, whoa. Well, we kind of like said, you know, we kind of see what's up before we did. Like, you know, we were talking between ourselves, sort of. So I just kind of wanted to get into it. Yeah, yeah, you did that. <laughs> he got into it for introducing my man. <laughs> that was great. Whoa. That's probably one of the greatest intros we've ever had, ever. Out of the 288 episodes we recorded, that might have been my favorite intro we've ever done. Man, yo, I'm here. Um, Yeah, I mean, this... I mean, what's a... Uh, Tyler, are we shocked? I'm not shocked. I know you're excited. This is your guy. Uh, wait, I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, you know what? I, I rooted for him to succeed here. Yes. Even though I did not, was not thrilled about the pick. Even though From I did one. see this happening, you know, I had I had my crystal ball, and I said, four years from now, we're gonna trade this motherfucker for a fifth round pick. Like I shook it up, and that's what it said. It said it. It said it there. I tried to tell everybody. Nobody listened to me. I got called crazy. Got called a hater. But I mean, it happened. Now, Jeff Akuda, man, let's get into this, man. Well, you, Malcolm, you get the honor of saying, "I told you so." Uh, I know it's not a good. I told you so. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like one of those ones. You, you. It, you know, like I hate those ones, right? Yeah. Like when some. It's like it's like for me. When I said Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn are frauds, like I was one of the first ones to say they were frauds, yeah. and people were like, "Oh no, these guys are gonna turn around yeah. the organization." I'm like, "Guys, <laughs> I hope I hope you guys are right, but I just don't see it." And I feel like that's kind of how you were with Jeff Akuda almost from yeah. day one, essentially. I mean, I just knew from the start it wasn't gonna work. From when you're rebuilding and you're trying to build from the outside in, and I knew they had that pass rush, I knew that he was gonna wasn't gonna succeed. I knew he wasn't gonna succeed here with that situation. Now. Coming in, I'm not sure if that whole situation, him coming in, messed him up, messed up his mind. I have no idea. Mentally, what screwed him up? Um, but it seemed like it was from the start. Yeah, it seemed like it got it was doomed from the start. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because obviously they invested a top three pick into this guy, and coming out, I was high on Jeff Akuda. Like I thought he could be a good corner for us, and. Kind of like you mentioned, just a very bad situation walking into. He was kind of asked to be the Slay replacement because if you remember, you know, they they traded Slay that offseason. Didn't really have any plans of replacing Slay. This was the replacement. And to throw a rookie out there day one when he didn't have a pass rush, you know, obviously it's not going to look good. And then he suffered some injuries, two significant injuries in his tenure here. I mean, it's just it's been a very rough patch for Jeff Okuda. And then you finally get a full healthy year last year. Started off good, had some good moments, but then it just kind of went downhill, I would say, around Thanksgiving time when he like had that illness problem and it just never recovered. And it seemed like the staff kind of lost all trust in him as well when they kind of put him in that doghouse, essentially, when they started starting Mike Hughes and taking him out of games. You just kind of saw the writing on the wall. And I thought this offseason was, was definitely the writing on the wall if you didn't see it by then when they signed Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, when they signed Cam Sun, when they signed Emmanuel Mosley, like you don't sign three corners and then go into next year expecting Jeff Okuda to be a starter. So I thought the right one was on the wall as early as in the season. 
But I thought it was really on the wall when they signed three corners and that they had zero trust in this guy anymore and that I didn't really expect him to be on the roster going into 2023. You gave him too many games just now. Uh, I think it went downhill from the Seattle game. I think the Seattle game when I think they realized they couldn't bracket just one side. And because of the, the weapons that Seattle has on the field, they, they have more than one, just one of, you know, very good receiver. They have Tyler Lockett, um, Gooden was out there as well. So they couldn't just bracket one side of the field. So that's when they relied on Jeff to go more one-on-one with DK Metcalf. And from there on, it was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you say it's a one bad game because he had the good start, but then yeah, and it really showed to, to you know to tuition that like he just, I guess wasn't the corner they drafted him to be right. Like they they drafted him to be a lockdown corner and obviously never really lived up to that expectation. Yeah, man, it's unfortunate, but like you know, I think his first game back from injury, bro. This is like what pissed me off about Patricia, is he had the guy shadowing DeAndre Hopkins his first game back. Coming off an injury, you know, like, and another thing is with Akuda, like, he never really had a veteran presence to help him. Like, they had Desmond Trufant, but Trufant was more worried about like trying to prove that he could get that second back. Like, he signed like a short term deal. I think it was like a two year deal, basically one year deal. Yeah, I think then, it was like a one year deal. Then yeah. that guy, you know what happened to him? He's, yeah, I don't know. He's like, he's not what he, he was anymore. Um, that's they. He never really had someone where like. Like, you know how Slay had Rasheen Mathis? You know, you need guys like that. So right now, whoever they bring in, there's Cam Sun is in that room. Cam Sun is that – he's that type of leader. He's that type of dog. He's that type of player that could take a guy under his ring and show him the ropes. He's willing to teach guys. Like, you talk to Mike Tomlin, they literally said, like, he set that defense. He, like, made sure all the communications were right, everything. So Akuda never really had that here. And, I've, and also, like, if Patricia – if Diggs and Slate didn't get along with Patricia. How do you think Okuda probably felt getting Mother F and all that and film and all that shit? You know what I mean? Like, maybe it just wasn't a good marriage from the start. Maybe we should have seen that. Malcolm, you saw it. Kudos to you, bro. Like, you actually saw that. Maybe I was just a little too blind by that talent, but I didn't really look at the bigger picture. You saw that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you're right. Too, you know, the injuries, bro. The injuries, like, ruptured Achilles. We, we talk about this all the time. It's hard to come back from. It kills your athleticism. Um, I don't know. Like last year, he showed flashes. The meaning they were like, "All right, this is what we like. This is what we saw in college. Like, this was good." And then, like you guys said, the end of the year, beginning, I mean, the middle towards the end of the year, he kind of fell off, and the coaching staff like kind of lost favor in him. And obviously, they made moves this offseason. They're probably gonna make more at corner. Like, all right, like go get a better chance somewhere else. And I think it's good for him too. He's gonna go to a spot in Atlanta where he wanted to be when he was originally drafted. I know that doesn't mean nothing, but he likes that area. So, you know, A.J. Terrell is there. Mike Hughes is there. Jesse Bates is there. He has that veteran guy he could lean on. Jesse Bates is a really smart football player. I think it could be a good spot for him. Honestly, we'll see what happens. But I don't know, man. It just didn't work out here, and it sucks. We Like, number three pick, bro, that's supposed to be like a guy who's supposed to be like a small pro, like stud. Unfortunately, just it didn't work out here. So, yeah. Hey, Prior Podcast listeners, it's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Odds Traders. Odds Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. 
This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Odds Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I mean, sometimes I, I get it. There's some players who need that veteran experience, that veteran presence around them all the time. But when you pick third overall, man, you just gotta have it in you to be a dog, man. And like you, you like for for example, we have a lot of players that just you know self motivated. Like Jerry Jacobs, he's self motivated. He don't need, he doesn't need a veteran to tell him exactly what to do or or hold his hand and say, hey, you need to do this right. Um, he's just gonna go out there and try to be better every single day. And that's what we fail to see from Jeff, man. He, like we said, man, the expectations when you're third overall, man, you third overall draft pick, man. That's that's for a corner, and this is becoming a trend now. We're seeing more corners go high, but I mean, this was the first time in a long time we've seen a corner go inside the top five, and that's that's what everybody's saying. You know what is, what is going on? Like, if, if you're gonna be selected third, third overall, like you better come in and be a sauce gardener. You know, I, I don't care what's going on. I don't care what the excuse is. I don't care what's going on. The situation. You need to come in and you need to you need to lock people down. Um, but you know, we haven't seen that from Jeff and it's just, I mean, you know, like you said, hopefully Atlanta is a good spot for him. If he's going to still continue to play outside corner, cause I know we had to talk about let, let's switch his, let's switch his position. Let's move him to nickel. Let's move him to safety. You said, Oh, Jeff wouldn't want that. Jeff wouldn't want that. Jeff, Jeff doesn't want that. If Jeff is still going to be stubborn and not want that, he's not going to succeed in the NFL. He's not going to be a good outside corner. It just, it just, it just the writing on the wall, guys. We've seen too many. You don't just become a good instinct corner after four years, after four or five years of playing professional football. It's just either you have instincts or you don't have instincts. You know, you could you could cover, you could be a great tackler, but the instincts is always going to be there. Either you have or you don't. And he had, he had just shown that he had it. He had good instincts. So if he's going to play outside corner, good luck to him because you know all you got to do to take him down the field is he's going to lose the ball in the air. Um, if he's going to succeed, and I said this over and over and over again, you move him to the nickel. You move to the nickel where he's closer to the line of scrimmage, where he can make tackles, get tackles for a loss, where those stats actually matter. You, you know, you're going to get 12 tackles at the outside corner. Nobody's going to care. It's going to look like you're just not covering guys and you're just making tackles. 
You're not going to make any all pros, any pro bowls, making 12 tackles being outside corner. Now, you move into the nickel, you know, that, 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 that turns some heads. <laughs> you need a nickel, I mean, you know, you, you get in tackles for losses. Now you're like, oh, shit, this guy's a good nickel. You know, he, he doesn't have to cover too long. Boom to nickel. He will succeed. Boom to safety. He will succeed. Outside we corner. saw that Dallas game, right? Like he was primarily in the nickel, was a dog in the running game. And that's one of his strengths was like tackling. That's why Patricia and Bob Quinn loved him a lot because, you know, they were so like so obsessed with stopping the run, like super obsessed with it. Where like they wouldn't care about patch, they draft run stuffers, whatever. That's the old regime though. Um, that's that's that was one of his strengths coming out was this guy is a great tackler. And I mean, he showed that here too. Like he, he was a really good tackler, but I mean, when you're drafted that high, though, you got to do more than that. And unfortunately, he couldn't stay healthy, and he just never really developed into the type of player that we thought he could be. Now, we could say excuses, injuries and all. Even Brad Holmes mentioned the injuries. Messi was talented, but he just traded him away. So that just could have been GM talk. Maybe they're like, all right, we probably don't see it here for you, dude. Like, you're probably not going to play a lot with us. Just we'll ship you off for a fifth-round pick and see what you could do in Atlanta. You know, like, that's honestly what it feels like. Because, you know, he was hyping him up. Not hyping up, but he was like kind of like saying, "Oh, Jeff's still a young corner. We view, like we viewed him as a rookie year or whatever." But they just traded him. They don't got time to wait. They want to win now. They don't have time for a guy to develop. They want to. They want to win. I th- I think Jeff, if let's say he wasn't, let's say he's still on the roster right now, I think he's the fifth cornerback on the depth chart right now. Wait, 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 that's not including the rookie they're about to draft. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. If they want a rookie, yeah, you probably want to answer that rookie oh, at the four. So, yeah, see. right? Am I, am I wrong? Like, that's fair, right? I depends, mean, on, depends on how, how high they had drafted a rookie, man. They get a, one of those rookies in the first round. That could be – they could he could push Emmanuel Mosley for a job, man. I don't know. I'm man. being honest, Emmanuel bro. Mosley's like, not locked for a starter. No, not, not locked to start, right? Yeah. If, if – I don't think we'll answer. We'll be there. It's, the Lions don't trade up to three. And they don't like Jalen Carter. I think that pick is the kid out of Illinois, Dev- Devon Witherspoon. He's a beast. He's like, you want to actually talk about a guy who has instincts and who could play? Malcolm, I mean, I think he only allowed one catch or one yard and press man all year. This is a guy who could play. He has that dog in him. He has that like kind of Dan Campbell grit, whatever you want to call it. You know, like he has. I don't know if you guys watched him play. I've watched him. He's a fun player. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty fun player. He, Yes, like you, you mentioned instincts. This kid has instincts. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, that could be that, that could be a name for the line. Just a potential. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I think we, I think it's fair to assume. I'm not saying as early as the first round, but I think it is fair to assume the Lions get a corner, right? Like, I think within day one or day two, if they, I, like, I feel pretty confident they're gonna get a corner pretty early. Well, throwing it out there too, like you watch Deontay Banks, he's maybe like more in play at 18 versus six, but like he has those same traits. Like you know, he plays with that dog, not as good as Witherspoon. But again, like you have Mosley, you have Son, you have Jacobs. He could sit a little, learn. Then when he's ready to play, you could get, potentially start him next yeah, and, year. And that's different. You know, if you get a rookie, right. you're you're not forced to throw in that guy day one. Je- Jeff Okuda, this would be what his fourth year in the league. Like you can't have Jeff Okuda be your fourth corner, fourth outside corner in that case. And I don't really understand people dogging the trade. Like, okay, the fifth round pick, that's whatever, right? Where did you see Jeff Okuda playing? Like, where, where is he playing on this football team? Where Where is he getting time? Well, because I, 
to, I don't to, think he's even the number one reserve. To be fair, I think the reason why he went for like lower than expected just because his base salary. I think he has he's owed like five mil or something I, like I, that. I, what do you even say lower than expected? That honestly yeah, he, got me. Yeah, I, good. I, I thought I, I thought he got more than I expected. No, honestly, like, I think like a lot of people thought he'd get like a third or fourth, but his I salary like. Jalen Ramsey went for a third round pick. And I know context is different. Jalen Ramsey's older, but like that's the best corner in football, arguably, compared to a guy who has shown me nothing as no, far I'm as not saying corner. like like I understand, but some people were saying that. But I'm just saying like the reason why they probably didn't get as much either. Maybe they could have got more if his contract was less. Is because he he's due, bro. He was a high pick. He's due five mil. And he's going to be a free agent after this year. There's not much value. This might sound rude. I, and I really don't mean this in a rude way. I really truly believe if Jeff Okuda was a day three pick, he might not be in the league or he's like a practice squad guy right now. Just from what he's shown on the field. Is that fair to say? If he was that late of a pick, I wouldn't, hate, I wouldn't be as, as hard on him. No, yeah, you obviously don't have the same expectations, but like he hasn't shown you anything. To, like, no, but anything. like the kid, the reason why he's is, the reason why he's still around because he was a top pick. I, I honestly, and, and to be honest with you, man, I, I think the only reason, only reason why Atlanta said, "Oh, we'll take a shot at him," was because they had two fifth round picks. I, yeah, I don't think a, they make this trade. They had only one fifth round pick. I he's a former top. Okay, yeah, he's a former top pick who's shown a bunch of traits in college. Yes, he's a he, he has. The traits to be a good player, but like as far as shown me anything, as far as shown me anything, he's shown me nothing. I mean, mean, T. Sabo's a good college player. Well, yeah, Uh, no, but like, sure, like when he came out, he was on quote one of the safest players. Like that, a lot of people were using that. He was a safe player, safe player. A lot of people thought highly of him, top five player coming out, and the NFL was high on not just the Lions, other teams were high on him as well. But it was not a secret. Like, everyone knew. Like, my grandma knew that they were going to take Okuda. She doesn't watch football, right? Like, everyone knew they were going to take Okuda. It was not a secret. Not me. I, I didn't know that. I was hoping not. I mean, <laughs> the writing was on the wall, kind of. Just, you trade Slay away. You know, they, they kind of made it obvious. They're stupid. But that's why they're not here anymore. So yeah, Exactly. <laughs> you, you don't make your choice. Like, Brad Holmes and no one saw last year, for example, that Brad was going to trade for JMO. No one even knew he loved JMO. No one knew yeah. And it came out of nowhere. Like, everyone was shocked. You know how you see all these rumors about teams loving a player? It was the Chiefs Pendry could move up. The Packers could potentially take him. Like, there was all these rumors. The Lions were not one of those teams being rumored. They keep shit secret. They don't let nothing get out of that room. Nothing. So, yeah. you know, um, I think... I don't know, What do you have to do with Jeff? No, I'm talking about, like, in general, like, not necessarily with Jeff, just, like, the old regime was stupid compared to this regime. Yeah, they're, they're, of course they're stupid. They're, they're doing something that's completely idiotic, which is building from the outside in. Not caring about a pass rush, not caring about stopping the run, not caring about an interior pre- presence or or outside edge rusher. They didn't care about any of that stuff. They was like, all right, let's draft a corner and then let's use our late round picks on a on a Romeo or on, on Julian Okora. And, and, and this, let's fix the pass rush that way. Like, that hasn't worked out either, honestly. I think Julian, I mean, depending on what happens, I think he could also be on the bubble this offseason. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's some, I mean, that's not a big shot. That's, that's, right that's a loaded room. Yeah. Especially yeah, just, I, and I'm especially expecting them to take one early in this draft to another defensive lineman. I think that they could really put a ray on the wall for some of these guys. Yeah. But I, mean, I we'll think obviously like, talk about that once that actually happens. If they pass on Carter, that second round is the sweet spot for defensive tackles. We'll talk about those like maybe Maybe next week on next week's episode or something, but 
Yeah. That second round is the sweet spot for those guys. I guess to just sum up this before you know we end this, it's just going to be a short little pod talking about Jeff Okuda. But, yeah, I guess my main point, like I said, you saw the offseason. They signed three corners, still had Jerry Jacobs under contract. I, I just – I didn't see a role for Jeff Okuda. So I was – I was a little stunned by how many people were like shocked by Jeff Okuda not making to training camp or being traded before draft day. I really am surprised of how many people were shocked by it. You, I mean, you called it. You know, you called it. I thought that he was still going to be on the team and be able to compete. At least give you know give him a chance to compete since this is since this is like his last year with Detroit. Mm-hmm. I thought they didn't give him a, a shot, but they just seen enough. Uh, they they seen enough, man. Healthy, not healthy. I mean, this 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 boils down to that qu- that that question that I had week eighteen. <laughs> Did they purposely hold? Jeff I, I don't want to assume. Thi- I don't want to assume things, but I mean, that's something they're gonna know. That's something we'll we'll never know, obviously. Yeah. So it, it's not fair to assume one thing or another if they benched him or uh, if he was hurt or not. We're just gonna assume that he was hurt and he wasn't good to go. So I was talking to some friends. I'm like, he potentially probably could be traded on draft day. You know, like if they move up for a guy or if a team calls, like say you take a corner, a team calls, hey, we'll offer you a day three pick or something. But they did it now. So yeah, I this thought tells he could... me they, they, they're sending a message like we're probably taking one early. I don't even know if it necessarily – I don't think this trade tells me that they're taking a corner early. I don't know if it does. I mean, I they... think it still told me before it, but I think now it more like it kind of made it like more – I don't like, say more I, obvious, but I think it's solid. So uh, I can't say that word. <laughs> I had that problem last week. Because <laughs> yeah, like oh I, didn't, I, I, I don't, like, I didn't really expect Akuda to be here regardless. You know that that was my whole point. Like I didn't really expect him to be here, even if we take a rookie or not, because we still have a pretty good cornerback room right now. Like it's pretty deep right now. You have Sutton, you have Mosley, you have Jacobs. Those are all outside corners. Yeah. Now could they use some depth? Yeah. But paying a guy five million dollars or what was he had a ten million dollar. Cap hit? Samuel Cap hit, you say five You're not doing mil. that for the second reserve outside corner. Assuming Jacobs outplays him in training camp, right? Like if he was here. Because I think they like Jacobs more than Akuda. I think that's fair to say. But I yeah, mean, you, also, you, you also got to factor in that there's only two guys on the contract next year. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, like there's not have, much. You only have Cam Sutton and, and Jerry. Not well, Jerry J- Jacobs. No, you just no, have. Jerry, J- Jerry's under contract. I mean, Jerry's restricted. Next He's coming to get tendered. He's, yeah, he's okay. restricted. He'll be, he'll be here. Yes. He'll okay, probably so, be so here like on like six round tender or something. And yeah, Chase well, Lucas. Well, Jeff was a. I mean, you're not picking up. Oh, we keep forgetting about Chase. Oh, man. Well, he, he, Chase Lucas. So that's, that's he could be a good nickel. He's a smart player. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably compete with Will Harris for that backup spot in training camp, I would assume. But, probably, yeah. Maybe, um, yeah. But. You know, just talking about Jeff, like, I, I don't know. I didn't see them picking up his fifth-year option, like I said. So Yeah, no, I don't think anyone saw that. Yeah. <laughs> 12 mil or whatever it was. Nah. Yeah, no. That, and, that wasn't happening. There, there was no way they were going to pull to give him that fifth-year option. No. And, so. I mean, the Lions created also 5 mil of cap space, whether they want to use it now, during the season, whatever. I think they need, like, to 20 go towards mil for an extension. the draft. Extension, yeah. They have right now. They're they're really good in cap. They're about like I think twenty nine million in cap space, something like that. So they're in good position. I think they need like fifteen to twenty for the draft, something like that. But still, you want like ten mil for in season extensions, emergency signings. You know, like last year. I mean, guys were going on IR left and right. You still have to sign guys that counts against the cap when you bring guys up or sign guys. So yeah, um, it's. They're, good, they're in a really good cap situation. When you look at the team overall, I think this is the best state the Lions have ever been in since 
Ever. 2011? Never. <laughs> Ever. I mean, 2011, they went to the playoffs and all that. But I think, like, going into this season, though, I think this is the least weaknesses they've had. Like, true weaknesses. They do have some areas where they can use, like, slight upgrades or, you know. But, like, when you look at starter-wise, true weaknesses, it's probably only a defensive tackle, honestly. Like, you look at others, other positions, they're, they're pretty good. Say no, tight end, maybe. 2011, That's it. 2011, we still had a lot of weaknesses. What are you saying right now? I'm saying, like, right now, just when you look at the roster, like, the big, big weaknesses, like, starter-wise, defensive tackle, and you want to say tight end? I mean, you look at other positions, like, we're pretty solid. Yeah, assuming health, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, they, have, and they have pretty good depth on this roster right now. Like, yeah, could they use some more? And I think that's what they're going to use this draft for is to build up that depth. But overall, yeah, this is a – I mean, we've talked about this. It's not a stunner. But they, they have they have a good football team right now. And it's yeah. going to get better on draft day. So so they just say $5 million, cut in Jeff Okuda. And $5 million. Yeah. $5 million. Trade it, yeah. This is, this is a, a maybe a different topic, but is, this this ties in with Jeff Okuda because he got cut, and now we have five million traded. Traded. I'm sorry. Yeah, don't want to say cut. Traded. Now we have this five million. There was reports about Teddy Bridgewater coming to Detroit. Is it something that they possibly could use to get bringing Teddy? So they he has a deal. He actually has an offer from Detroit. Like they offered him a contract. Um, it's a strong offer, quote unquote. According to was it Jeremy Fowler or was it the other guy? Jeremy Fowler, yeah. Jeremy Fowler said the Lions offered him a like he has a strong offer from Detroit. It was something along the lines there, um, and he's just weighing his options after the draft. He's going to see where he wants to sign potentially, or maybe you know maybe he could sign now. But I think he wants to wait after the draft just to see how the quarterback situations are around the league. And Brad yeah. Holmes even kind of alluded to it too in one of his pressers. He said after the draft we're still like potentially looking at some guys. So. Yeah, I, I would I would like a Teddy Bridgewater here. I think that's a good, capable backup. A guy who started in this league, who's won some games, has won some games with Dan Campbell in New Orleans when Dan Campbell was the assistant head coach there with with Sean Payton. So I, I think he's a capable backup. I think that's I, I would feel confident, well, not confident. You know, like I would feel okay if Teddy Bridgewater is my quarterback for a couple of weeks, or if he had to step in or whatever, right? Like, and if it's a one year deal, not going to break the bank. I'm all in for it. I think it's better than Nate Sudfeld. He's shown me more than Nate Sudfeld. I mean, when you look at Teddy and you look at the offense that Ben Johnson runs, it's and you look at the Lions' O-line, he's had injury issues. This is the perfect spot for him. If yeah, he wants I, to be a backup. Like, if he wants – because, you know, Goff is here. Maybe, maybe potentially wants, like, the chance to potentially, like, compete for a starting job maybe. I don't know what he wants. But if he wants to be a backup, Campbell knows him. You know, Ben Johnson's offense, all about those precision, accuracy. That's what he did in New Orleans. Those, you know, the, the slang game, the quick passing, intermediate passing. Wasn't really deep shots in New Orleans. It's kind of similar here. Like, when you look at this offense, I mean, they take some deep shots, but it's mainly like intermediate, quick passing game. Get it, get in rhythm. That's kind of how they are with Goff. So, it's that's that's what he excelled at in New Orleans. I think it's a perfect he fits perfectly in Ben Johnson's offense, and the staff knows him. Um, and the O line here is good. You know he's been hurt a lot, but he'll be protected here. Yeah, I would like it. I would like the move of going after Bridgewater. Actually, the O line is great here. I guess I'm saying good. It's a great O line. So yeah. you're welcome. What would you what what's your thoughts be if they went after Teddy B? I love it. I mean, you know how I feel about backup, man. Yeah. But I, I think that you know if. Something were to happen, he is probably the most person I'm most comfortable with running the offense. But yeah, I honestly don't. Again, like I, I don't see. I think 
Jared Goff is a durable, durable quarterback, and you know, hopefully we don't get to see a backup. That's that's my yeah. hope. You know that that's we just continue to see Goff and he's out there. But uh, if something were to happen, if our backup is Teddy, I would feel more comfortable with Teddy Bridgewater out there than Nate Sudfield. Yeah, or even. For your Anthony Richardson fans, if like you were to take a guy like that, you don't have to force him into a backup role immediately. If you were to go that route and draft a quarterback, let's say, yeah, because you know it, he probably wouldn't be ready day one, or even the first month to, to be mean, in a role. It's interesting. I mean, they had Hendon Hooker in today for a visit, and today is Tuesday. So yeah, uh, Hooker is interesting too because obviously he's coming off that torn ACL, so you don't know when he's going to be ready. So you don't know if you want to necessarily throw him into a backup role day one, right? Like even if you did take Kendon Hooker, so you, I think taking Teddy Bridgewater, regardless of who you plan to take in this draft, if you do plan on taking a quarterback in this draft, I think it's still good to have a guy like Teddy Bridgewater for a year just to be a reliable backup who's been in this league and for you can, sure, and, and you know he'll be there day one, ready to go if if he needs to be. One more interesting thing. CJ Stroud has a suspicious schedule to Detroit. I think it's I forgot it's sometime this week or next week. I forgot, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they're, they're obviously going to use these top thirty visits for for sure, for sure. You know, yeah, they're yeah. going to they're, they're want to evaluate everything, right? Um, I don't know if that necessarily gives you a signal to say, hey, the Lions are going to go up and trade for CJ Stroud. I'm not saying that, but no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is interesting. I still think at the end of the day. To wrap up this this episode, still think I have to take that defensive lineman. That's just Tyler, you know what I think is going to happen? I told a lot of people this, and I'm just going to put it out here right now. I don't know if I'm close to both Christian. I think Brad Holmes is going to trade a three and take Will Anderson. I like it. I like it. I actually really do. Like, just a quick thing. I know we're kind of running out of time, but just a quick reason why. He traded up for James. Like, when he see guys he likes, he, he takes them. He traded up for Jamison Williams. He, tr- he tried to trade up for Levi on's rookie. I forgot if it was Amon Ra or Derek Barnes. He traded up for one of those guys. I forgot which one it was, but he picked one and then traded up for the other one. Regardless, he has, he's an aggressive GM. He comes from uh, L.A. John Dorsey's aggressive. He comes from Cleveland. Man, I just – and when he said, like, at the combine, like, eh, we don't really know we're taking at six. Like, we don't really know. I don't think there's – I think they're going to try to get these top players because you don't have a chance to pick this high. When you have a chance to pick this high, trade a few picks, go up and get your guy. Yeah. I honestly think he's going to try to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, we got through a little rabbit hole. We'll talk about the draft. I know this is supposed to be about Jeff Okuda. But <laughs> hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. Talking about Jeff Okuda and the trade officially being happened to the Atlanta Falcons. And hope you guys enjoyed a little – little you know a little draft scoop a little talking what the lines could potentially be doing um when this draft that's coming up in a couple weeks from now so hope you guys all enjoyed we'll be back very soon with some more draft content so stay tuned for that so i'm out i'm out for now peace guys all right guys hope you're all enjoying the weather like i am like tyler said man had some fun talking a little about draft we'll be talking about that more and i'm out man peace all right y'all it's your boy malcolm and yep the line is officially freed heavy um great episode yeah. okay <laughs> free fa free fa they freedom he's free he's free to go to atlanta and do you guys, all ask, he for wants. You guys all ask for free fa um but yeah man great episode man and um and your boy's out man peace
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.